Hey, this is Mike and Tom from Ballpark Bros. You're listening to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio. Check us all out on FourEyedRadio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour is does Skype. It sound clear? Oh, now it does. Okay, I moved it a little closer. I'm just gonna get it closer like this. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can find a guy named Mike if you want. (laughs) We're just going to have a real close talk with our mics here on Ranger Command Power Hour. Oh, this is nice. (laughs) How are you all doing today? (laughs) (laughs) That's creepy as This is a new ASMR podcast. (laughs) You've heard of that before, right? No, what is that? So there's this trend on YouTube for the past few years. It's called ASMR, and I think it's it's like an audio stimuli where 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 people enjoy (laughs) soft talking like this, and they they just like it. Yeah, if you could just open up those (laughs) show notes, that'd be great. All the podcast secrets you could ever want. <laughs> I run a tight ship here, mister. Oh, so, oh God. No, it's... How tight is your ship? It's super tight. <laughs> Check, please. Yeah, get me the hell out of here. And now, on Ranger Command Power Hour. ay 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 It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, Extra Episode 32, Rangers Wrestling, recorded on September 22nd, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. This Extra Episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Today we have a very special guest joining us, Matt Goldberg of MBG Films. Matt Goldberg is the creator of MBG Films, and he is an award-winning 26-year-old film producer who graduated from the University of Tampa and studied film. He graduated from SCAD to obtain his master's degree in film. He has posted his video work on YouTube since September 12, 2006, and currently has over 12,000 subscribers and over 8 million video views. His video work consists mostly of stop-motion animation, but now consists of a growing, vast amount of live-action films, such as his short documentaries, Pope, Against All Odds, and Terrified, that went to Cannes Film Festival in 2012 and 2013. Matthew made promotional video work for Jack's Pacific and animation for Impact Wrestling as a freelance videographer. He also animated for the WWE. He's currently a columnist for WrestleZone.com. You can find him on Twitter at MBG Films, on Facebook at MBG Films, and Instagram and YouTube at MBG1211. Hey Matt, welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be a part of this. Yeah, for sure. And 
We've actually been talking about this for a while. And for our listeners who don't know, Matt is actually a very good friend of mine. He actually started working under me and my department over a year ago. And we quickly found out that we had very similar interests in nerd culture and video and film. And also, which is the main topic of the show today, we're going to be talking about Power Rangers and also the WWE. So our background is just very similar in that we're both toy collectors. We both are very passionate about our fandoms. And it's something that we kind of kicked around this episode idea for a few months just because, at least on my end, and I see it a lot on my timeline on Twitter, I have a lot of friends who are not only interested in Power Rangers, but also wrestling. And I think, Matt, you're the one who really got me really back interested into wrestling. And I mean, it's it's not something I watch weekly, but I'm just starting to pay attention to it more. Sure. And I, the same with you, with Power Rangers, since, you know, it's what you're so passionate about. And since, you know, that we go figure hunting and stuff together, I'm just more aware of it than I've ever been now knowing that it's something you're so passionate about. And like you said, we go toy hunting, and then whenever I'm on the lookout for your stuff, you're on the lookout for mine. And I was just surprised at how similar just the two genres or, or the two fandoms really seem to be. There's a lot of crossover with Ranger fans and WWE fans. I know you also have a couple friends that are into both as well. Sure. I see, especially on Facebook, because I'm in a lot of the figure trading and collecting groups and stuff just to stay current on what's hitting shelves. And I see a lot of my friends and fans buying a lot of Power Rangers stuff, too. And I never really realized that how much like these genres and shows and stuff kind of intertwine with people's interests. And even like Marvel and stuff, too, they all kind of go hand in hand somehow. Yeah, I think especially in the last 10 years, the superhero genre overall has really exploded with stuff like Marvel, and recently this year we had the Power Rangers movie, and also just the WWE. I mean, these guys are really real-life superheroes, if you think about it. For sure. They really are, and I don't think a lot of people really appreciate or really understand what a lot of these people actually go through, and having my experience in college and stuff with Hulk Hogan and whatnot. I got to make friends with a lot of these people and just learning how they got into the business and seeing their injuries firsthand in person, like Lisa Marie Varen or Victoria in WWE at the time. I saw her get that one elbow injury where like her elbow fills a fluid mm. and it's like that huge sack on her elbow. And it's yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's called a bursus. Yeah. 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 My my dad actually had that once and yeah, it is scary. These guys suffer a lot of injuries and uh, sure. And that's why I think Power Rangers and WWE that's another thing that they share is just the amount of stunt work that's mm-hmm. involved and the physicality of shooting not only a sometimes live or pre-recorded shows for WWE sure. But also a TV show production like Power Rangers, there's a lot of physicality involved in the stunts that they perform. And when I look at the wrestlers now in the WWE, it's not just the men, but the women as well. Everyone's like super fit and you have to be for Mm -hmm. the physical demands that, you know, a weekly show like that entails. I agree. 
these people are are on the road 24-7. Like, I'll never forget uh, Lisa once again when I was doing my documentary for school with her. And she told me that, you know, they miss birthdays, they miss weddings, they miss deaths in the family. They have to be so dedicated that they only see their families like once or two or three times a week if they're lucky. And if they're not there, they're either on the road or at the gym before the show. And the diets a lot of them have and the workout routines are just super intense. And they do that so they could have the best endurance to perform weekly. And, you know, some of their matches could be 20 to 30 minutes straight. Right, right. Sometimes even an hour, which isn't as common anymore. But it's really hard for them to go because over the years, it's become a lot more fast-paced, I guess. Sure. More risky, I should say. They take a lot more risks with their stunts or spots, as they call it, um, for their matches. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them suffer concussions, break bones. Right. It's a very intense lifestyle, for sure. Yeah, and for the Power Rangers side of it, I know some of the actors go through kind of a quote-unquote Ranger boot camp. They're not putting themselves on the line as much as these WWE guys, but there's still a physicality and a training, and there's a level of routine that they have to develop to maintain that physical prowess that, that they have to have because that's part of their job. And just getting back into learning more about wrestling, and especially some of the research I did for this episode, just the long history that the WWE has had. And it's something that I wasn't huge into growing up, but I remember the Hulk Hogan days. I remember all the big wrestlers of the time. I remember The Rock's run during the 90s, and when he guest-starred on Star Trek Voyager, you know, (laughs) another one of my... uh, Because at the time, I think SmackDown or something was on UPN at the time. Yep, it was. And they did a kind of a crossover promotion in a way, so he was on an episode of Voyager, which was crazy. So I've always been aware of the WWE. I mean, Hulkamania was huge in the 80s when I was growing up, and mm-hmm. Macho Man Savage, all of those guys. So let's get a little bit into it. And I wanted to really talk about the similarities that these two major franchises have. First of all, what I think is great about both genres is the demographic. And I know when I was a kid growing up, and still to this day, they do make toys of all these wrestlers. It's what we collect. And it's big for these kids. And the WWE inspires kids as well. So the demographic, it's similar that both Power Rangers and WWE serve a similar demographic in that they're aiming for young boys, but also young girls. Tell me what happened recently in the toy line for WWE. Sure. So just to go back a little, for those who might not know, in the 70s and 80s, like wrestling was more for kids, I guess. I mean, it's adults too, of course, but in the 90s, when I was growing up, it went a really PG-14 route, and they did a lot of risque things. That's when like The Rock and Stone Cold became big, and there was like, no filters on their language, and there's nudity and just crazy, crazy inappropriate things, really. Mm-hmm. And then the World Wildlife Foundation sued them over the acronym. Right. <laughs> and they changed to World Wrestling Entertainment. And then John Cena and them started coming aboard. And a lot of people like The Undertaker and stuff were there, of course. And The Rock, too. 
then they started over the years pulling away from the 14 rating because Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon is the owner and it's his mm-hmm. wife. She was running, I think, for Congress or something, I forget, but something political. And so they decided to tone the company back to kind of help her platform, knowing that people would easily attack that for her being a part of it and the immature things that they would do on the show and violence. Then they started to really, I guess, water it down. Because a lot of fans these days want it to be PG-14 again, but Mm -hmm. they have to realize from a marketing perspective, the WWE is bigger than it's ever been now. Oh, for sure. Because they're teaming up with so many companies for sponsorships and John Cena participates in the Make-A-Wish Foundation and you have all the toy companies and they have like a Connors Cure thing for cancer and now their own movie studio and this whole PG thing has made even the toys become a lot bigger. I mean, the toys are the best they've ever been since I grew up with them. Mm-hmm. They're more expensive, of course, too, but unfortunately, but they just now made a line for girls with dolls and many female figures, too, and it seems to be doing well, but it's like a Barbie line of all the female wrestlers as they want to start attracting more girls, as a lot of young girls do watch it with their brothers and dads and family, what have you, and now with all the female characters in the Total Divas show and Total Bellas, it gives a lot more insight into the girly aspect of it and shows that they could kick ass at the same time. And I think it's amazing that the toys have finally been geared to girls as well as collectors like myself. I think it's opening a big door for the future of the toy line and merchandise in general. It's actually something that I've talked about on the show before, where I wish the Power Rangers and Bandai America, who handles their toys would transition Power Rangers in kind of the same way because they're mainly stuck into the boys aisle and you see these pink and white rangers and yellow rangers and all of them just sit on the shelves. You've been to Toys R Us with me many times where we've seen just the same female figures Mm -hmm. sit on the shelves. And I think what a great cross-pollination there would be if, you know, maybe they put some of those toys also into the girls' section or like what the WWE is doing and what Mattel is doing where they've created a new line specifically targeted for girls and they're acknowledging their female fan base. And I think that's a very good thing, something that Power Rangers could definitely learn from the WWE for sure. Definitely. I'm a little disappointed that the girls stuff is still in the WWE section with all my stuff. Like sure. the regular figures. I mean, I assume that's just where people naturally know to look for it. So that's why it's there. But I would like to see this stuff transition. Maybe if it does well enough, they can get their own section in the girls section. Since they're very Barbie-ish. So I don't see why they wouldn't do okay over there. And now it's funny that you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that there's older fans in the WWE that wish that could return to a more mature storyline and language and attitude. The same thing is going on with Power Rangers right now. There are mature fans in the Power Rangers fandom that are finding the show to be a little bit too juvenile and Mm -hmm. want to return to that earlier time when the shows were more action-packed, they were more story-driven, there was longer arcs and characters that you could really invest in. 
So I just find it funny that there's also older fans in the WWE that want to see that kind of change as well. Oh, definitely. I see it all the time. And, you know, there are times where there's dialogue between wrestlers or whatever, and it's just this is really, like, dumb. But there are times, especially a lot lately, like with Brock Lesnar and stuff, where he's saying the B word. I'm not going to curse it on here. But they're kind of on the gray line if you will, mm-hmm. where they step into the 14 realm a little bit and say, and if not inappropriate things, but swear, really take a dig at one of the other wrestlers. Like John Cena and Roman Reigns just recently had an amazing promo package with one another. And because they put a lot of truth into what they were saying about each other. Sure. It's, you know, it's a lot of what you read on the internet about backstage politics and things. And then they're saying, talking to each other about it, but using it as an insult. And, you know, they're swearing at times and just like, oh, but the realism of that is what makes it more powerful. And sometimes I think they kind of lose that aspect. And that's what frustrates fans, because sometimes things are just like, this is like so dumb. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating as a fan because they do a really amazing thing like that. We're like, oh, my God, like that was fantastic acting. Right. And then they'll do something so stupid, and you're like, wow, what was that? I think that's such a parallel for what's going on in Power Rangers right now. You had this amazing movie that was so mature and, and truthful and had some great scenes, and, and you also saw it with me. I, I know. Right. I and, like it. Yeah. And for the audience who don't know you, that you're also a, a really big film buff. And you have these great reviews of movies that you watch on Facebook. So there's also the same thing that's going on with Power Rangers, where you have this amazing movie that came out in March, and then you go through a summer of hiatus of the TV show, and you come back to the TV show and there's fart jokes and <laughs> things getting splattered in, yeah. in people's faces, and you're like... Man, really? what what a disconnect. Right, right. I could totally understand. Because, you know, they got you all hyped from the movie, and then you come back to this really watered-down garbage, and it's frustrating as a fan. Because mm-hmm. here you think they're making progress somewhere, right. finally. And then they're like, oh, nope, just kidding. That's exactly it. <laughs> so... From a demographic standpoint, I think that's one big similar thing that they both share. Sure. What's also great about Power Rangers in the WWE is that they are now multi-decade franchises. And funny enough, they have their own eras of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With Power Rangers, you had the original Saban Entertainment Fox Kids era from 1993 to 2000. And then the show got transferred over to Disney and that's when they moved all their production to New Zealand which remains to this day and that's like the Disney era from uh, 2001 to 2010 and now you have the current era where Saban Brands bought back the show from Disney production it's the so-called Neo Saban era and the show is now on Nickelodeon and that's been for the last six years from 2011 to the present and now you also have the wwe and the wwe has been around since the 60s well it's gone through some iterations much like power rangers so if you want to talk a little bit about the different eras for the wwe sure wrestling when it very first started i mean wrestling's been around literally like forever oh yeah hundreds of years Yeah. yeah hundreds of years right 
just people performing and I think it was originally like a circus act. Yeah, you think of the guys in like the unitards and the big exactly. mustaches and, and exactly. the big muscles and yeah, yeah. It's a perfect vision to have of it. But eventually it started turning into territories where different wrestlers and just personalities had their specific areas across the country and mm-hmm. the people in the east and the west and the south and north and everything and Vince McMahon Sr. is Vince McMahon, the current owner of WWE. It's his father had his show, and then he started buying out a lot of the territories, and they're merging. And I probably will botch some of the facts here and there, so I apologize because there's a lot to remember for the timeline. Oh God, the um. Wikipedia <laughs> entry for this is insanely huge. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame you for you getting a couple facts here and there wrong. No, no problem. <laughs> but uh, I just gave really the timeline here. So you had the Hulk Hogan era, which was like the late seventies and the eighties, which you know, uh, was the World Wrestling Federation or the WWF. Yeah. Yes, and he's regarded as like the Babe Ruth of wrestling as he was the guy who just really put wrestling on the map. And some people might argue with me over that, but I would say, and even his friend who brought me into the business refers to him that way as he just, everybody knows Hulk Hogan, whether you're a wrestling fan or not. Mm -hmm. And people today know him, even though he's not even on TV anymore. So you had that era, and then you had the other guys like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and stuff who came about. Then you had Stone Cold and The Rock, who are probably two household names now. The Rock, for sure, obviously. Yeah, so 7982, which is called the transition from Worldwide Wrestling Federation to now the World Wrestling Federation. Mm -hmm. Then you had 82 to 93, which is essentially literally my childhood, which was considered like the golden age of wrestling and now you have 93 to 97 which is the new generation era then 97 to 2002 which was called the attitude era yeah and that's what i remember most growing up i was born in 90 so i grew up with all three of those but i remember vividly probably because i was older the attitude era and that's a Stone Cold and The Rock, and when it's the really mature, like really mature things. Yeah, and they had what was called the Alliance Invasion and the NWO. Yeah, we, uh, so, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so like the NWO is one of my favorite stables, and that was actually developed by my friend Eric Bischoff. He's a TV producer, and he was running World Championship Wrestling at the time, which almost put the WWE out of business. Mm-hmm. He created NWO where a bunch of guys from the WWE were going over to WCW and were joining this giant stable of guys. And Hulk Hogan was the leader behind it. He made Hulk Hogan a bad guy. Hulk Hogan's whole career, he was a good guy. And when Eric Bischoff came up with NWO and Hulk Hogan turned on his friends and became a bad guy, like he turned the whole world upside down because nobody had ever seen Hulk Hogan as a bad guy before. It was a huge risk because who knows if people would have liked it or not. And he was like hated like a bad guy should be. And if you watch the footage of when it happened, like ton of people are throwing trash into the ring and stuff. uh, Yeah, I mean, people really bought into it because it was a huge deal. And so he was turning a lot of well-known wrestlers into bad guys with him and they started taking over the show and everything and making the rules and as a kid that's my favorite version of hulk hogan's him is hollywood hogan when he was a bad guy so they did like the invasion storyline eventually vince mcmahon bought out wcw because sure you know he didn't want to risk losing 
Well, it was competition. Right. It was the biggest competition, yeah. So they would tease things of people going from show to show. And there's a famous segment with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and the Degeneration X were like invading WCW property. And they were like on a tank, like an army <laughs> tank, in the outside their headquarters. And it was honestly the best of wrestling, though, because the competition just made them produce their best work. Mm-hmm. WCW, because raw was recorded ahead of time so they would have the results already for their matches while they were live and they would read them off on the show so people wouldn't even bother tuning into theirs wow yeah that was my friend who was behind all that <laughs> oh my god that stuff. and they were just going back and forth with all these things and eventually they were bought out and then Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were the other main guys in the NWO. That was brought into WWE, and they tried to recreate it again. And It was good, but it wasn't quite what it was. Now you have the company that still owns it today, which is World Wrestling Entertainment, Inc., or the WWE. And in 2002 to 2008, you have the Ruthless Aggression Era, which also included Money in the Bank in 2005. Can you... Talk a little bit about those. Sure. So this era is really John Cena's era. Mm-hmm. He was first starting out around then, and he was kind of like this hip-hop rapper type guy, which is kind of funny. But he and, like, Batista, who's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. He's a Drax and stuff, so he was big at this time, too. Well, that's another connection. A lot of people don't realize how many of these wrestlers are, like, big movie actors now. Oh, yeah, and The Rock was really the first to oh, really yeah. transition. Mm-hmm. And you have things like The Expendables, and like you said, the WWE, they have their own movie company now. They're producing their own movies as right. well no, with their definitely. wrestlers. Definitely, yeah. They would start having a lot of wrestlers in their... John Cena, wasn't that the Marine or something? <laughs> that franchise? Yeah. Yeah. That franchise is ridiculous. <laughs> I remember he was handcuffed in a semi-truck <laughs> and the bars welded to the roof of the inside of the cab and he like ripped off the bar <laughs> and they got out of the truck. I think that's what it was. I saw it in theaters. I was like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> Their movies, I actually had a chance to meet the president of their WWE studios a long time ago. I went to some film premiere in Florida. But a lot of their movies, to me, are they're not my <laughs> type of movie, I guess is the way yeah. to put it. They're just really action-y and a little over the top. And being a film student, my whole opinion of film changed drastically throughout college and grad school. So mm-hmm. I'm not always entertained by the simplest things anymore. <laughs> but yeah, their movies are kind of goofy. But you know what? They're doing well enough that they keep making them. And yeah, why not? It gives their wrestlers a platform. I know The Miz, who is on MTV shows, and now mm-hmm. he's a wrestler, and he's in that Christmas movie. And he's been in a few of the sequels. I think they're on like the fifth or sixth one now or something, oh, The geez. Marine. But they're not in theaters really anymore. But they do stuff that's in theaters, too. I forget. They have something either that just came out or is coming out soon. But they've just expanded into all these things. And they have their own Netflix now. Right. Uh, all their content. That's how you watch their pay-per-views. And they have their own original programming. It's just crazy what it's turned into. I mean, it's literally just a marketing machine now. It's just really cool. I remember when I was younger wondering, like I remember asking my dad if he thought it would ever just go away. Because mm-hmm. wrestling's like a roller coaster. has its good ratings oh, sure. and bad ratings and it's been stale and there's moments where it's better and I feel it's kind of stale right now, but they've turned it into all these other things that it's just amazing what 
it's really turned into and what it continues to turn into and all the foundations and stuff they work with these days and yeah it's definitely a, a global franchise for sure and I'm sorry i got a little off track no 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 so then you have 2005 to 2006 the return of the ecw and then from 2008 2013 you've have what's called the pg era and i think that's the era where you're saying that a lot of the fans the older fans are kind of upset at that period, correct? Definitely, because it got really watered down, and it just wasn't as believable, I guess. And the whole thing where guys can't bleed and stuff, and mm-hmm. matches with Stone Cold and stuff, he'd be, like, bleeding everywhere. Or oh, Ric sure. Flair, he's always famous for bleeding so crazily out of his forehead. Mm-hmm. And they cut back on a lot of that. And some, I don't know if they do it anymore i think they might where they like any pictures or photographers took with blood made them black and white online so you can't even see the blood but like vince mcmahon was just busted open a week or two ago on smackdown where he's bleeding so it's just changing a lot Mm -hmm. and i think what's nice is at least what it seems like is they're kind of giving us a taste of the more mature stuff but still keeping it PG where they could keep their sponsors and backings. They definitely have to walk a fine line to please those sponsors because they don't want to lose them. And I know recently there's been a couple scandals that have hit the WWE just like anything that's reality star based, but also just the fact that they have to walk that fine line. And something that Power Rangers has to do at the end of the day. A lot of people are saying that right now the show is just, it's too kiddie. And then you're going to lose that adult audience. There will never be blood on Power Rangers or some of the extreme violence. It'll never be like that. Sure. Um, because you never want to lose your base that generates the most money. And right. for Power Rangers, it's the kids. Their parents are the ones buying the toys that ultimately drive the franchise and keep it moving forward, along with the older fans who are maybe more in it for nostalgia or collectors who want to collect, you know, all these new legacy items. And that's why I want to transition into the merchandising for both brands. Like we mentioned before, action figures are huge. For Power Rangers, you've got Bandai, but then for WWE, you have Mattel. They've made Hot Wheels and Barbie, and now they also have WWE, which has been going on for years. Right. It's crazy that both toy lines have been successful enough over the years that they are still around these days. They're staples of Toys R Us. They're staples of the toy section in any major retailer and sometimes they're right next to each other which you know before yeah. before i met you i never really paid attention to the wwe stuff it was something that never really interested me and i never got into it as heavily as my co-host zach who unfortunately couldn't be on the show today but to have these major franchises have such a wide range of merchandising and then you get into licensing with all these kinds of other different products, pops, pop vinyls, that's another big interest that we share. And just the licensing, like I'm sure WWE has like lunch boxes and backpacks Uh, and all that stuff. And then they also have collectibles for the major fans. And like I mentioned before, for Power Rangers, it's legacy items. It's taking those old toys 
and upgrading them and making them a premium item with premium materials. And WWE has similar stuff, right, for the adult collector? Oh, yeah. My favorite line from when Jeff Civic had it was the classic superstars, as it was everybody, all the legends from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even earlier, if there's somebody big enough that they felt would sell well. And it was my favorite line because my dad got me into it when I was little. Mm -hmm. And he grew up watching wrestling when he was little. So there'd be guys I might know of or barely know at all. And as I would buy them, because I enjoy collecting at least one of everybody if I can, I would learn from him about them. And it was just kind of a cool bonding thing I had with my dad. And Mattel's tried to bring that line back. It didn't sell very well at retail. Mm -hmm. But now they include a legend in almost every series. Target has their own legend series because that's like all the older collectors like the old times. Exactly. And that's another thing that Power Rangers and WWE shares is the exclusives. You've got some retailers oh, yeah. that these <laughs> items are exclusive to, and you also have convention exclusives. And when San Diego Comic-Con came around this year, we were both in pain and agony because <laughs> it was like, we oh, great, we have to deal with trying to get these exclusives. Mm-hmm. And also our frustrations with retailer exclusives earlier this year i was going nuts trying to find the alpha 5 pop who was at the time exclusive (laughs) to walmart and now i yeah and now i came across some and they didn't even have the walmart sticker and i'm like what the heck (laughs) wow yeah that's weird yeah that's why i think we get along so well is that we both know the frustrations that involve our collecting habit and uh-huh, for sure and when these exclusive happen right now you and i are both going through the same thing with freaking walgreens of all places <laughs> you got these legacy power ranger figures from the mighty Morphin with their weapons and everyone online saying oh my god walgreens gone my walgreens got it my walgreens got it i'm like well not mine <laughs> <laughs> and you the same thing for recently a sasha banks figure right every store freaking has an exclusive these days which mm-hmm. is good but it's also bad because i don't know how it is with power rangers but i know with you and i just talking about it so much just sometimes there's just so much to look for at once yeah and it's frustrating and we get to learn the systems of the stores and deal with stupid employees who just <laughs> don't want to help you <laughs> that's a rant for another show <laughs> yeah for, <laughs> for <sure>. real <laughs> but it's true there's target walmart toys r us mm-hmm. freaking walgreens of all stores now has exclusive right who would have thought 10 years ago that walgreens would have exclusive <laughs> figures not me that's for <laughs> sure <laughs> right and then aside from exclusives Another thing that has been going on the last five to ten years, the convention scene. Mm. And I remember the last uh, Wizard World I went to in 2012, I was really pissed off because it was mainly... I got mad at the wrestling people because it seemed like all Wizard World was that year was wrestling people. And they took up 
so much of the aisle, and it, it was just a bad layout from a convention sense, but I kind of got mad at the wrestling actors because <laughs> I was like, oh man, it, it's this huge invasion of these guys at these conventions. But that's another thing that Power Rangers and WWE shares where not just older wrestling or ranger actors, but also some of the more current ones, and they attend these conventions across the nation. And I, I think that's an amazing opportunity for some of the older actors and wrestlers to make some money on the side and continue to do sure. what they do to support themselves as well. Sure, and a lot of the older guys, that's all they have these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard. I think I mentioned to you a while ago that like WWE like took over Wizard World and stuff now, where those old-timers, because they don't work for them anymore, they don't want them there, which right. is kind of but you're going to bleep that i'm sure oh sure (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know it sucks for them because a lot of them rely on this like if have you ever seen the movie the wrestler no i haven't actually but i I should let you borrow that actually yeah because that shows a lot of the dark side of the industry for these retired guys who literally have nothing else Mm -hmm. because they're too old to perform like they have to do these conventions and it's sad that they can't attend it but when my dad would take me i would love just going to see them all in person because you know these are childhood heroes you see on tv and then you could go meet them and see if they're a nice person or not and uh, (laughs) yeah i love the convention scene it's unfortunate what a lot of it's turned into these days Mm -hmm. but it's not what it used to be i guess oh no it's it's definitely not (laughs) it's definitely not And we're just going to mention some even more connections with each other. I think just fundamentally, you have costumed heroes in a fight of good versus evil, and you have over-the-top characters and ongoing storylines as well. Yeah. And basically, you're describing both franchises right there. (laughs) Definitely. Recently, at least within the past three years, someone who really caught my attention was Xavier Woods. And when he first started out, he was saying, oh yeah, I was trained by Zach Taylor in Angel Grove and the Black Ranger and and this and that. I think he's hilarious because he is a total nerd. You know, he's got his own YouTube gaming channel. He incorporates a lot of the nerd culture into his act. And it's something that I really took notice of when that happened. And he's become such a big star right now with New Day. Oh, yeah. I remember New Day debuted, and I thought it was one of the dumbest teams. Because even their name was, like, stupid. And <laughs> a lot of people just weren't behind the whole positivity mm-hmm. chorus thing. Because normally, that would, sadly, come off as, like, a heel thing, which would be a bad guy, because you're overly nice to the point it gets annoying. Right. And, uh, you know, that'd come off as, like, a bad guy thing. But going back to the whole nerdy aspect a lot of these wrestlers are big nerds like the two lisa and elijah i did my films with who are very good friends of mine they're mm-hmm. huge nerds elijah i've gone like toy shopping many times and we talk about toys all the time and lisa she loves ninja turtles and star wars she loves going to conventions and it's just a huge nerdy community and i think in a way a lot of nerdy collectors and stuff like us with nerdy interests can relate to them in that aspect too even though we might not even realize it but exactly one of the biggest things that happened a month ago there was this image floating around for Seth Rollins 
that compared his costumes to some Power Rangers. And it became a little bit viral. And even Power Rangers retweeted this image. They said, we knew at WWE Rollins had superhuman ranger powers. And they had the lightning bolt. And then WWE caught on that. There's actually an article on their page that shows this image and talks about the debut of his new red ring gear at SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. and how it really matched up with a ranger costume from Time Force. So people really took notice of this image, and even the fact that WWE wrote an article on their website about it and include these tweets. And he even tweeted out, he responded to that Power Rangers tweet. He said, Lord Zed doesn't even stand a chance, (laughs) which was Lord Zed. He was the main bad guy for the second season of Power Rangers. And I was just blown away. I was like, wow, he really name dropped uh, one of the classic villains. I thought that was the coolest thing to happen recently. Sure. Like, no, I mean, j- just that direct interaction. And that really inspired me to say, okay, Matt, we have to record this episode. We have to do it. <laughs> yeah, his figures, one of his elite figures, they, remember when we would see it at the store, the all white one. Right. Like everybody refers to that one as his white ranger outfit. Mm hmm. And uh, he came out with a helmet, but I don't think Mattel made a helmet. I don't know if it was exactly a Power Ranger helmet. It might have been like a knockoff. But um, something they probably didn't want to recreate for legal purposes. Exactly, kind of a thing. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say they wish he had his helmet. And then his red outfit at SummerSlam, everybody's comparing him to like Deadpool or the Red Ranger. And, right. <laughs> you know, I saw a lot of both comparisons. And it's just, I think he kind of plays on that on purpose. Oh, for sure. Yeah, to absolutely grab attention and, you know, maybe fans of both, which is why Mm -hmm. we're talking about it. (laughs) Right. It got us talking. Right. (laughs) And another tweet that just recently happened this week, Johnny Gargano and the recent news that Toys R Us is going through a bankruptcy. And he said, if at Toys R Us closes before there's a figure of myself for sale that I can move to be with the Power Rangers then what's this all been about? And I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Just the fact that he wants to move his action figure into the Power Rangers section is awesome. That is awesome. It's really funny. There was no provocation from the Power Rangers Twitter account or anything like that. It was just a tweet that he made himself. So I definitely respect these wrestlers that can embrace their nerdy side and actually bring it into the storylines and the wrestling ring in their costumes and maybe their fighting style. I think it's a great thing for sure. Sure. It's just pretty funny. The similarities and, you know, I think it's great that, like you said, they embrace their nerdiness and because really a lot of them really are just big nerds like all of us. They're just athletic and they perform, but they're still they have all the nerdy hobbies. Like I remember being told, like once they get an action figure made of them, it's like they know they made it. Yeah. And they like get all excited to have figures themselves because like how cool is it to know you have an action figure that people around the world are going to own a view. Like, it's just really cool. And it's the same thing for Ranger actors. You know, whenever they do those flip head style or their face is actually a product, that's amazing. If I became a superhero, uh, to have an action figure would be amazing. Sure. 
kind of on the negative side of this interaction as well. There's also been a crossover rivalry, most notably CM Punk and (laughs) Jason David Frank. (laughs) And there was a big thing when CM Punk was wanting to get into MMA, mixed martial arts. Uh, That was something that Jason David Frank did a little bit of. And when CM Punk was considering MMA in the beginning, Jason David Frank went on this campaign to basically campaign to be his first opponent. And I remember at C2E2 a few years ago when that rivalry was starting, someone asked CM Punk about Jason David Frank, and CM Punk just like totally played him off and said... Look, I want some former child actor who thinks he can do this stuff. It was a big thing. There was a big back and forth. And I'll link to a couple articles about it in our show notes. But yeah, it was just this big back and forth where at the end of the day, I kind of had to laugh about it. I remember that. It's pretty ridiculous. They both have big egos, to be honest. Especially when you go to a Chicago show, they see him punks from here. They always chant his name and it drives the WWE crazy because he's notorious for walking out of the company. Right. And it pissed a lot of people off because he, I guess, didn't really appreciate where he came from, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And, and you know, he kind of just shit on everybody in the end. And Yeah, there's definitely a, a bad breakup there, for sure. Yeah, and I lost respect for him because mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate him being negative because, you know, we all help pay his paychecks at the end of the day. Exactly. It's the fans that drive these franchises because without the fans, there would be no point in doing this stuff. Without the money that's generated by the fans, by ticket sales, by toy sales, by Mm -hmm. merchandising and conventions. And to see someone kind of brush that off and have their ego about them, it's like, look, buddy, you wouldn't be here without us. Right. Now, that's why I hate hearing stories about negative interactions people have with wrestlers because there's no justification. I mean, sure, if you're a stalker or something, which plenty of people do, right? that's on, another conversation. On, <laughs> on, on both sides, for sure. But yeah. Sure. But at the end of the day, we all help pay your paychecks, so you should be decent. Like, I'm not saying they need to go above and beyond, but you don't need to be a about it and i was glad cm punk got his butt kicked in ufc because i feel he kind of needed that ego to be knocked down a few notches oh for that sure he had and but hearing your stories about <laughs> jdf and stuff like <laughs> it just sounds like a whole similar thing where oh. someone's just too good for you or whatever and you oh, know it, yeah it's just ugh. it's frustrating because You look up to, whether it's an actor or a wrestler, you look up to them and you expect a certain interaction when it comes to fans. And when you see these egos get out of control, you really learn that these guys are human too. And like all things, you know, when drama happens, you might lose respect for someone because of their actions. And I know these guys can't be 100% on their game all the time. It's never going to happen. But there are things that they said that they didn't need to say. Or Mm -hmm. they're doing it just to start the drama. And I think that's a bit unnecessary, for sure. 
I was very fortunate in college, like I said, to get to work with some of them. And when I was behind the scenes, you know, I would see a lot of people I grew up watching. And I'll never forget, I had a really bad experience with one of them. And I totally lost respect for him. Mm-hmm. And i never be a fan of his ever again after that. And it's just really unfortunate. And so I, sometimes I say it's better not to meet your heroes. Oh, yeah, I've but, I've said that before, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It is. And Lisa, who I have spoken about a lot, one thing that stuck with me, too, that she told me once was that the fans never know when you're having a good or bad day, so you should always be nice because they don't know what you've been through. She's one of the sweetest wrestlers I've ever met, mm-hmm. and unfortunately a lot aren't wired mentally like she is about things but i just hate hearing stories about bad interactions because you just lose respect for them we get it we all have bad days we all have sick days i know it can take a toll on on these guys as well because you know they're constantly having to put up that face of you know everything's cool and so when something does happen that's a bit discouraging, I think it's detrimental on both sides, not just for the fan, but for the wrestler or the actor as well. Right. It can hurt. They might take it for granted because it's just one fan, but still. But still, words can spread, or if you build up enough of these experiences, then you have a problem. Definitely. Not to end those similarities on a bad note, but I just thought it was funny because one of the upcoming episode titles for the newest season of Power Rangers, Power Rangers Ninja Steel. The episode is named the Royal Rumble (laughs) and the Royal Rumble is, you know, a big pay-per-view slash event thing for the WWE. And I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because that's my favorite WWE event of the year, actually. (laughs) Well, now it might also be your favorite episode of Power Rangers. (laughs) It very well may be. (laughs) So let's take it to our Ranger Nation answer segment where we asked, are you a fan of both Power Rangers and WWE? Do you think your love of one influenced your love for the other? Why or why not? And we got a lot of responses this week on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I want to thank... Every one of our listeners and maybe newcomers who've never listened to the show but might have commented in these comments, thank you so much. So we're going to dive right in. On Twitter, SlasherJ at JJacket said, hmm, I think it helps me appreciate wrestling and maybe why I was drawn into it. Over-the-top storylines, people fighting, it's basically Power Rangers without the superhero suits. Yeah, they have their own suits, I guess, is the best way to put it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man said, Power Rangers and WWE got one thing in common. They're superheroes and they inspire people to help others. And I agree with that 100%. And we talked about this earlier today, but I want to mention it for our listeners. You shared a video, John Cena, and some of his fans surprising him for a change. I have to say, that was one of the most emotional things that I've seen for wrestling. And it was incredible to hear these people's stories just because John Cena touched their lives in a positive way. And his message of never giving up was huge. And I just think 
that is so great. And like the WWE works with Make-A-Wish Foundation, and so does Power Rangers. And I think giving back to the community and people who are injured or sick or just otherwise in trouble. I think it's an amazing thing that both Power Rangers and people like John Cena and WWE do for the community. I totally agree. I mean, I know John Cena is literally like one of the most highly requested people for Make-A-Wish Foundation, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And WWE, I saw like they did a thing recently for the Special Olympics where they highlight some Special Olympics kids and give them an award and in their hall of fame every year now is they had a, a fan who had cancer as a young boy and he passed away and now it's called connor's cure and it's like all donations or a portion of donations go to helping find a cure for cancer and every year they pick a person to it's the warrior award which was in dedication of the ultimate warrior who recently mm-hmm. passed away and they honored someone with a disability or something that has been an inspiration to others and those are super emotional to me that they take the time to find these people and then make them a superstar for a night and just all these ways they give back to the community is just amazing I even see ads i remember seeing them at the mall here for fatherhood and the importance of a father being in a kid's life and mm-hmm. it was the wrestlers with their kids it's uh, powerful yeah it's just amazing literally what wwe went from just wrestling to this whole marketing machine rj anime redneck 96 he says i don't think so my interests in the two have always been separate Although currently both have creative teams, I'd love to kick the ass of. <laughs> <laughs> like we were saying earlier, they have their good and bad moments for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Joshua Aaron Moore at Kentucky Jam said, I am not, but I can get why. There's a lot of intersecting between the two among fans. Cross-pollination is good, in my opinion. Like you said, it even worked for you when you saw them tweeting about oh yeah dead and stuff you know it's like oh wow they actually watch that you know that makes them cooler <laughs> it does you. a few years ago i would see things for wwe and i'd be like oh man that that's so fake and it's trash <laughs> and you know this and that and and i definitely had the the stereotypical uh yes. reaction <laughs> to wrestling but through learning about it more through interacting with you and seeing your love for it i know how much of a passionate guy you are with the things that you like so i was like well maybe maybe there's still something to it and even a couple summers ago i went to my friend zach's house and it was that big pay-per-view event where i think it was SummerSlam, where Stephen amell from arrow got to join into the ring and that's another fandom thing that i got to see where both fandoms collided and it was so great and i definitely had a a new appreciation for wwe that i haven't before and you're right just the marketing machine is non-stop right now but they're doing things to positively influence and to give back to people which i think is wonderful i totally agree and the same for me is now i have a much higher appreciation and respect for power rangers because like you said i would walk by that stuff at the store and not think twice about it. i mean i liked power rangers when i was little and then mm-hmm. you know i just moved on to other interests and now i'm just much more aware of things now than i ever was because mm-hmm. like you said you're so passionate about it and you know i can respect that as it's nice to have a friend that can 
has different interests but can relate to everything the same way. Absolutely. We got Tommy Brevard Jr. at Kid Flash DBN. He said, yes, he's been a fan of WWE longer than Power Rangers. At David Hawk, actor said, I do love both, but there's no crossover that influenced me. Angela Bunnell at Sky underscore Queen 3 said, oh, hmm, I never really thought about it. It might do. It might do. <laughs> Hoverboard Lock at I Follow WWE. I think my love of Power Rangers helped me appreciate people fighting in bright costumes. <laughs> All right. That, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Joel Rowan at Carter's Alter Ego said, I don't think either has really influenced my love of the other, though I'm pretty sure wrestling has influenced the suit actors in Japan. Think about it. The theatrical gesturing, the exaggerated reactions to pain, the ability to tell a story without using words, that's all pro wrestling stuff. It's very true, actually. That statement is also just a great little appreciation for wrestling as they do have to tell a story in the ring without speaking. Mm -hmm. And that some of the best matches are when you really get that feeling from it. Yeah, and the body language, the just a, a silent look that one gives, or uh, some of their wrestling moves where they have to like stomp the floor, or it looks like they're smashing someone, and yeah, they have to have these crazy reactions to make it look like they're hurt, and sometimes they are. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we got Badder Bailey at B Bailey eighty one who replied to Joel and said. The fights in Ultraman were influenced by pro wrestling. And Ultraman is another one of those tokusatsu Japanese shows. It's a single hero that grows to giant size to fight these monsters. And for sure, there are a lot of uh, wrestling moves in hmm. Ultraman that, that I've seen in clips where he puts the monster into a headlock or <laughs> he does a body slam. And it's it's very much influenced by professional wrestling. That's funny, and I know wrestling is very big in Japan, too, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, where a lot of WWE guys kind of come from, too. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a developmental area. A lot of wrestlers in WWE go over there and perform a lot. Sure. And especially when they're not in WWE, they'll go over there, because it's just so big over there. It's a very big community, and WWE kind of keeps an eye on a lot of the big talent over there and kind of plucks them away actually <laughs> that's pretty funny though <laughs> <laughs> jason spencer at j steel spencer said i had a jump from one to the other the year after i quit watching power rangers regularly as a kid was when i started with wrestling and we got Condry at Condrea. she said i've never liked wrestling neither before or after power rangers came along it was something bullies in school liked Therefore, I couldn't view it as anything except negative, whereas Power Rangers was always my escape from those same bullies. Even now, that view hasn't changed. I think that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's funny, too. WWE has their whole anti-bullying campaigns these days, too. It's kind of a dangerous route to lump in bullying with wrestling. But I do respect and I, I have empathy for feeling that way as well. Because once a bully scars you with something, it'll take a very long time or maybe never to get past that. It's unfortunate, but hopefully 
with their anti-bullying campaign that can influence the next generation of kids to respect others. I would certainly hope so. Moving on to Facebook, Carly Smith, who's a Facebook friend of mine, said, I like both, although we had the original version of Power Rangers. Also, I heard that Avatar, Al Snow, who's a, a WWE, ex-WWE star, uh, was inspired by Power Rangers. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Walker, uh, he's one of my friends. He came to Wizard World in Chicago after Power Morphicon last year. He's from the UK. And he was the one I showed you that dressed up as Finn Balor. Uh, he was kind of doing a tour of America while he was here. And I sat down and had dinner with him when he was here in Chicago. So he's definitely a big fan of both genres. And so he said, I never noticed the similarities until I did a rewatch of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers after becoming a wrestling fan. Lots of martial arts moves in wrestling and vice versa. Jason David Frank nailing a putty with a Hurricane Rana. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Hurricane Rana. Hur- Hurricane Rana. Rana. To earn the Sword of Darkness springs to mind. So That's what's funny. that move? It's weird. So JDF would be upside down where he latches his ankles around the guy's neck. Oh, yeah, And yeah. pulls him down with all his weight and flips him over. With his legs, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I know. With his feet. I know exactly what move you're talking about. So that's that's a big wrestling move. Yeah, oh, a lot wow, of the that's... luchadors use that. Oh, that's the smaller funny. guys. Yeah, it's funny. Mike Lundsted said, "I'm a fan of both, and for me personally, I don't believe one influenced the other. My time watching Power Rangers was an escape. It was a way to forget the troubles in life and just imagine myself being a superhero. Sports entertainment was a family thing. I have fond memories of going to live WWF slash WWE events, local independent events, and watching pay-per-views with my uncles while discussing Raw Nitro, which is their competition, with my friends at school on Tuesdays. Both have an equal part in contributing to who I am. That's really cool, and yeah. you know, I can relate to a lot of that myself. Fernando Loyola said, sadly, I'm a fan of both. I don't know why sadly. <laughs> maybe, maybe because it's such a money suck. Maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, but he said, sadly, I'm a fan of both. A Japanese wrestler, Hiroshi Takahashi, has done some toku acting in Garo and Common Rider. There is some crossover, at least on the Japanese side of things. Hmm. And that's really cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, Manuel Copion said, I became a pro wrestler because I'm to be a Power Ranger in front of fans. I once pitched the green with evil storyline as a wrestling story arc. I'm a fan of Power Rangers, Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Toku in general. I'm a fan of pro wrestling, Japanese, strong style, Mexican, lucha, American, showman, British, technical, and shoot style fighter, aka MMA. I love wrestling. A fan of WWE, not as much. That's interesting. They're he's, a wrestler, not a fan of WWE. He's coming at it from a perspective, which I think is cool. That is pretty cool. I like hearing that. That's a pretty cool comment. Stephen Reeves said, I was bullied at school for liking Power Rangers while all the cool kids were into WWF. I never got into wrestling, but the fact that there's some overlap is interesting. It is interesting. I'm sorry you were bullied. Carl Hallowell said, if there's been any influence, I'd say it, that Power Rangers led me to Super Sentai, which has made me a bit of a weeb and influenced my favorite WWE superstar currently on the roster, Asuka. 
That's funny. George McMullen said, I was scared for a moment. I thought we were going to have a WWE slash Power Rangers crossover, like how WCW brought in <laughs> RoboCop and Glacier, the Sub-Zero ripoff. And that's not saying either brand is bad, but that the crossover stuff you see in wrestling always ends up awful. Yeah, those are some of the more cheesy moments. I mean, <laughs> WWE even still does it, where they'll have like celebrities guest star as like a host for a night, and it's just really dumb. Well, but... like, well like that whole Trump controversy thing where oh, yeah, know, yep. he was on WWE that one time, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, he, I didn't even know that happened. It was in like a hair versus hair match with oh, him God. and Vince McMahon, and they had two wrestlers competing, and whoever's wrestler lost got their head shaved, and of course Vince McMahon got their head shaved. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Trump's actually in their Hall of Fame, which oh, this is a lot of people off. Barf. But <laughs> trust me, he's probably putting money into their pockets. So Vince McMahon's wife's on his cabinet somewhere, I think, for small businesses or something. So, um, wow. Yeah, not, I don't want to get into politics. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Noah Bowden said, I'm not personally, but I have friends that are. And Kate Smothers said, nope, they had no influence on each other with me. So moving on to Instagram. Wow, we got a lot of people. This is really cool. We did. It's it's really nice to see this interaction. Yeah. Even Jarita said, I'm mainly a fan of Power Rangers, but a pal of mine is a huge wrestling fan and has shown me some WWE and taken me to a few PWG shows. It's a more independent show. I've never been to them. Oh, okay. I, there's just so much wrestling these days, and I don't like. It, I love it, but I can't keep up with all of this. Yeah, it's stuff. it's hard to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And uh, he said, so seeing those live acrobatics and stunts reminds me of Power Rangers a bit. So it's pretty enjoyable. I can definitely see the connection. Orange Ranger SPD7 said both shows are great and see a lot of similarities. Wish they did a crossover wrestlers on PR show and PR on the WWE ring. And that, that totally goes against the comment that we had from George where he's like, oh no, I thought there was going to be a crappy uh, crossover. <laughs> You know what? I could see a wrestler being on Power Rangers definitely oh, yeah. as a guest of some sort or some one-off character. I could definitely see that, but like the stuff. Yeah, but I don't think we're gonna see like some brightly colored <laughs> spandex ranger come into the ring and like, <laughs> yeah, we gotta fight him. Wah! You know, I I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I would laugh if they fed. One of your Power Ranger guys like that, too. Like the big monstrous guys. My current favorite, Braun Strowman. I could see them doing something silly like that where it's like, oh, yeah, I could take you on. And he just destroys them or something. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something silly. But <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be funny for sure. It would be. But I, I, too, don't really see that happening. I could see it the other way around, but not on WWE. Unless <laughs> right. they were just like a guest. Like, hey, it's the White Ranger or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Jason David Frank. And right. remember how bad CM Punk was? <laughs> 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 so Deathbucker said, I love both, but none sadly influenced one another. Mostly because my parents were already wrestling fans and Power Rangers just became a thing when it came out. But hey, closest we've gotten is Hiroshi Tanahashi from New Japan Pro Wrestling in Common Rider. And yep, that's the show in Japan, New Japan, that I was talking about. Chris Evans17 said, I'm a fan of both, 
but neither was influenced by the other. I started watching Power Rangers when it started. I was 12, and a friend got me into WWE in high school. Big Zero Seven said, Neither have really influenced my love of the other. Both were introduced to me under completely different circumstances, but I do love both, and I'm glad you get bled over with certain wrestlers referencing Power Rangers regularly like Xavier Woods or wrestlers wearing attire similar to certain Rangers like Seth Rollins. And I agree. And then uh, Lavender Ranger said, My nephew loves both. I only like Power Rangers, but I find some of the wrestlers hot. Cody <laughs> Rhodes, CM Punk, Seth Rollins come to mind. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, Buffaroo said, I am only a tangential wrestling fan. I prefer old school WWF and amateur wrestling to WWE. Love the Stephen Amell stuff in recent years, though. Never had anything to do with PR for me, though. Well, I want to thank everyone for commenting on our Ranger Nation Answers segment. You can always follow us on our various social media, which we'll say at the end of the show. But, Matt, thank you so much for being on Ranger Command today. This is definitely an episode that I've wanted to do for a while, just because of our similar interests and stuff. It's been a lot of fun. No, definitely. I always love doing things like this and to do it with you, knowing how passionate you are about podcasting and just how much our friendship's just grown over the past year. I was very excited to do this, and it's fun to realize truly how many connections there are between our interests and now that we can even laugh about it together and <laughs> realize the similarities. It's kind of crazy, really. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something that I, looking at back on it this past year and you know, finding out so many things about the WWE and especially Xavier Woods and how much he's blown up in nerd culture, video gaming and stuff. And for him to directly reference Power Rangers and all the Seth Rollins stuff, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a lot of fun. And I'm glad there's such a crossover there. And I'm glad that people are able to enjoy these different fandoms in similar ways. I really like that feeling that people from different fandoms can come together with similar interests and develop friendships. To be honest, I wish more people were able to do that. Oh, yeah. I think the world would be a lot better place, for sure. <laughs> so, Matt, where can people find you online on the internet? Basically, promote whatever you want <laughs> right now. All right. Well, I love social media. I'm always on it, and it changed my life. You could find me, it all start on YouTube at youtube.com slash mbg1211. I haven't uploaded anything in a while, but I am currently developing some new content finally for it. You could find me on wrestlezone.com every Friday and Monday, I write a, a weekly uh, figure Friday column where I highlight a new action figure and review it. And then on Monday, I do my show figure to photo on their YouTube and Facebook pages showing how I recreate a wrestling moment in action figure form. It's one of the coolest things. Like, I, I really <laughs> love that. It's so cool. Thanks. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at MBG Films or if you're a wrestling figure collector, uh, follow my really popular wrestling figure news Twitter at WWE TNA figures. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash MBG films and Instagram, which is my favorite platform. Uh, and you can see all my figure photography on there at Instagram.com slash MBG 1211. And I think that's pretty much it for me. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime with another topic, for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I would love to do that. And thank you so much for uh, having me on and getting to chat with you about this stuff on the air. 
spaces oh, yeah. outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a lot of the listeners on our show that follow us and on Twitter, because I know it's like every Monday night and every whatever, whenever WWE is on, I always see these live tweets going on. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So I know that that there is a definite huge crossover and I just want to expose people to your work because I think your product photography and and just the way that you're able to make these figures come alive by capturing a moment uh, in time is really incredible. So really, people check out Matt's stuff because I think it's really great. And even though I'm not into wrestling, I'm really into what he's doing right now with these action figures because it's really cool action figure photography. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, on Instagram and Facebook at Ranger Command Power Hour, all one word. And you can also ask us a question at ask.fm slash Ranger Command PH. Again, you can find us on all those platforms. Talk to us. Let us know what you think about this episode. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. That was great. You know, I really like talking about all that <laughs> stuff. It was really great. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is the RCPH ASMR podcast. Uh, no, could you imagine if you do a whole, whole uh, ASMR? Can you please? I always laugh the entire time. Ranger Manpower, only on the phone. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Truckee B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and you are listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. <laughs>